Alright everybody, welcome to the podcast, and as you can tell, it's a different start, no guitar music. Um, so, I when I first did this podcast, I was thinking, you know, playing the guitar would be something interesting, it would be a different way to start the show, we don't really have a legitimate intro song, at least not yet. Um, you know, I, I thought it was interesting, but I don't know, I don't know if it's catching on, I don't know if you guys really enjoy it. I haven't been hearing a lot of feedback one way or the other about it. So uh, I want to try something different. I want to see what happens if we just go straight into the podcast. And I know this episode's not really the best example for that because I'm explaining what the intro for the podcast is going to be. But uh, let's see how it goes. Uh, if anything, guys, please let me know uh, on any social media, YouTube comments, on Twitter, Facebook, wherever you can. Uh, let me know what you think. Like, if you want to s- go back to the guitar intros, uh, if you want to just go straight into the show, uh, you guys are in control of the show just as much as I am, uh, so let me know. Uh, part of the other reason why I wanted to just go straight into the show is because it's been five days since the last podcast, so uh, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. And, um, yeah, you know, I've kind of learned not to overpromise. Uh, I know the last podcast or the last few podcasts I've been saying, oh, you know, we're promising to do more podcasts. Um, yeah, life happens, so that doesn't necessarily always work out. So, you know, what I can promise for sure, at least as far as I can tell, uh, this podcast we should be able to do at least one episode a week. And I know that's not a lot, uh, but I will always try to do, I I will always try to do at least one, uh, and emphasis on at least. Um, But, you know, it depends on what's going on. Um, As I've been sharing with you guys in other episodes of the podcast, I've been extremely backbreakingly busy uh, with a series of interviews for different jobs and different things. So... Uh, I've been so busy that I've just been exhausted. Even today, to be honest, I'm a little bit exhausted, (laughs) which is also why I'm not really doing a guitar intro for this episode. Um, But it's been so long since I did the last podcast episode, I just got that itch, I got that craving uh, to do this episode right now because there's been so much to talk about. So without any further ado, and I know it's been three minutes of ranting so far for me, Let's get into the podcast. So, uh, really interesting tweet uh, from Ibrahim Ibrahim, uh, at Ibrahim Thinks on Twitter. He said, today, and this was on December 3rd, uh, today is the 25th anniversary of the first ever text message sent. It said, Happy Christmas. I did know that it said Happy Christmas. I wasn't aware of the fact that it was 25 years ago. I'm 28 so that makes me feel extremely fucking old. Um, but that's, you know, that might just be me. I'm sure some kids watching this episode right now on YouTube or listening on iTunes or Stitcher, they're going, 25 years, that's old, man. 28 years old, you're really fucking old. You're a grandpa. Um, that's how old I am. So um, it, it's, it, it's weird because it makes me feel old, but at the same time, it's almost hard for me to believe that the very first text message ever was 25 years ago. That feels like it's almost wrong, but it has to be right because it's a fact. 
but still, that's so that's such a long time ago. Um, it feels like it was a little bit sooner to today's time, but that that's why I wanted to bring that up in the podcast. I just found that like really hard to believe. It was like twenty five years ago, the first text message. That's crazy. Um, moving on, <laughs> uh, Billy Eichner tweeted out. Uh, thank you to all the working class Trump voters who will get crushed by the new tax bill, but whose vote just bought me a new swimming pool. You're all welcome to come over and use it. Warning, there are a lot of gay guys in the pool. <laughs> so I thought that that was a really good troll of a tweet, uh, but also a lot of uh, sincerity and truth in that tweet too. This tax bill is 100% for the wealthy 1% in the U.S., and anybody who's a Republican that's in favor of it, I don't think understands their own economic situation. Um, it, 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 to be honest, after a while, you can't blame anybody but yourselves. And if you're a Republican that's happy about this tax bill, you know, tell me how happy you are 10 years from now paying your taxes and how the tax code's changed, uh, not in your favor, but in the wealthy's favor and you end up paying more taxes as somebody who already can't afford to make ends meet. Um, so, you know, congratulations. Forget about voting for Donald Trump. You've elected a Congress that can barely vote on this tax bill when you've got donors telling them, vote for this tax bill or we're not going to send you money anymore. Um, that's what you're dealing with. Uh, so, you know, you, you really do get the government that you deserve and if you're you're so out of it that you don't understand your own forget about politics forget about Democrats versus Republicans because that shit barely even matters anyways uh, though both of those parties are so shady now um, and they have been now they, they always have been um, just in terms of your own economic situation um, if you believe you're one of the top one percent I would ask you, in terms of when you do your taxes, do you put down six figures or more? I doubt it. I seriously doubt it because the majority of Americans aren't even making six figures and six figures isn't even enough to put you in the top 1%. So yeah, I would agree with what Billy was, was tweeting there. Uh, then there was another good uh, quote uh, from Welf W. Sockman. He said, the larger the island of knowledge, the longer the shoreline of wonder. So I thought that was a really good quote. Uh, I also tweeted out myself, uh, when I was a kid, I thought that dreams shaped life. But as I grow older, I've learned that life shapes dreams. Now that sounds really dark. Um, and I'll be honest, when I tweeted that I probably was in a pretty dark frame of mind. But there's a level of truth to that. I think when you're a kid, you grow up thinking, oh, you know, your dreams can come true. It's the old Walt Disney World fantasy, you know. Um, but over time, you start to realize as you get older that things happen in life that it requires you to, to adapt to it. It requires you to change with it. Um, and in many ways, as I was saying in, in that tweet, it requires your dreams to change with that. Um, you know, life for most people isn't perfect, and it certainly never really goes according to what you have planned. Uh, so the question is, is like, can you make the most out of it? Um, you know, can you take something, you know, 
can you take a lemon and make lemonade, basically? Uh, and I think that that's basically the gist of what that tweet was was coming from for me. Um, then, speaking of politics, I want to go all the way back to 1961, and I don't want for you to turn off this podcast out of boredom because I guarantee you this will be interesting to you guys. Uh, 1961, Dwight Eisenhower, as he was leaving the presidency, which you have to admit is incredible balls from a guy that you know, was, was very much a military man, very well respected before he be- even became president. As he was leaving, he warned the entire country about what he referred to as the military-industrial complex, or basically the government's funding these companies to build weapons. And these companies have become so big, they're hiring so many people, they're spending so much of the government's money, that it's, it's a state of perpetual war. You know, they're coming up with excuses to have wars so that they can make more weapons and they can make more money. He saw that coming, and he gave a very, very interesting warning against the military-industrial complex. And a lot of people know that. I knew that. But I'd never really gone back and seen the actual footage of him talking about it. Uh, So I wanted to play that right now because I found it so fascinating, and I hope that you guys do too. So without further ado, we'll play that clip for you guys right now. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. Good evening, my fellow Americans. We now stand 10 years past the midpoint of a century that has witnessed four major wars among great nations. Until the latest of our world conflicts, the United States had no armaments industry. American makers of plowshares could, with time and as required, make swords as well. But we can no longer risk emergency improvisation of national defense. We have been compelled to create a permanent armaments industry of vast proportions. Added to this, three and a half million men and women are directly engaged in the defense establishment. Now this conjunction of an immense military establishment and a large arms industry is new in the American experience. The total influence, economic, political, even spiritual, is felt in every city, every state house, every office of the federal government. We recognize the imperative need for this development, yet we must not fail to comprehend its grave implications. Our toil, resources, and livelihood are all involved. So is the very structure of our society. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. We should take nothing for granted. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry can compel the proper meshing of the huge industrial and military machinery of defense with our peaceful methods and goals, so that security and liberty may prosper together. 
Alright, so, um, so much that I want to talk about based on this clip. Um, to me, and hopefully to you as well watching or listening on the podcast on, on iTunes and Stitcher, um, you know, you go back in history, there's certain things in history that can send a, a chill down your spine. Uh, you know, things like what Eisenhower just said in terms of warning of the military-industrial complex uh, growing, things like Oppenheimer quoting the Bhagavad Gita uh, saying, I am become death, destroyer of worlds after creating, helping to create the atomic bomb. Th those two events in history that were filmed and you saw them, you saw the individuals, you saw the solemn look on their face you can tell that they knew exactly the possibilities of what could happen, the, their fears. You, you could feel it. Um, and it does, it sends chills down your spine because you know that somebody that's that high up, Oppenheimer and Eisenhower, um, in their own ways for two different things, but obviously very much related, are, they're doing their, their best to show in a way their remorse for what they were taking part in but also their 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 dire warning to the citizens of america in particular uh, of, of what is going on and unfortunately I, I think very much that what eisenhower said there fell on deaf ears it's a famous speech everybody's aware of the military industrial complex but i don't know if it had the impact that Eisenhower was looking for when he said it. Uh, the key piece to me from what he was saying was uh, a knowledgeable citizenry. Um, you know, especially if you look at the country nowadays, and you know, for various reasons, a lot of times it's because people spend so much time at work trying to make ends meet. Uh, you know, they don't have the time to educate themselves about issues that are going on around the world, let alone in their own country. Um, but you know, I, I, even when I say that, I feel like that's an excuse that people use. Um, and I think that uh, Eisenhower was very much right, not just in terms of what he foresaw with the military-industrial complex, but in his vision that if the citizenry was in, you know, involved and if they were educated about what was going on, that they could stop the military-industrial complex. But unfortunately, since that time, it just continues to grow. Um, and you know that because the spending for the military in the U.S. outnumbers like the next, I believe, 15 or 16 countries after it combined, um, which is beyond excessive and beyond ridiculous, um, even for a country that considers itself to be the police of the world. Um, you know, it's funny to me because it shows the hypocrisy in government, especially with the Republican Party. Um, and it's not to say that Democrats are much better because a lot of times they continue wars and they'll extend them and they'll actually spend, if not the same amount of money, more money on these wars. Um, but in particular, the Republican Party, who is supposedly against welfare, this military-industrial complex is the ultimate form of the welfare state because it's fake jobs, really, built up by the government that they're spending they're spending the money to create these jobs for people to be employed making weapons for wars that are being artificially made for reasons that are artificially made uh, and that goes back to the Gulf of Tonkin that goes back to you know you name it there's so many false flag events out there that have led to wars 
for the sake of having wars. Um, and, and it goes exactly to what Eisenhower is talking about. Um, and it's, it's beyond frustrating, I think, for somebody that, that's aware of those things to look at the Republican Party seriously. You know, if you're really the party that's against the welfare state, there's no bigger form of welfare in the United States than the military-industrial complex. You're literally wasting taxpayer dollars to employ people to make weapons to fight meaningless wars. Um, you know, if you were to do a poll and ask, if you were to do a poll and ask uh, an American. Uh, what they think about the Afghan war that's still going on. You know, do they think that the war should still be going on? Do they think that the troops should be bat sent back home? Uh, are they in favor of drones being there? Do they want the drones not to even be there either? You know, I think you would get a pretty strong percentage of people that want the troops back home. They probably don't even want drones over there. They just want to be done with Afghanistan. And yet we're still there, you know, decades later and and for the foreseeable future it seems like it's never ending um, you know if you were to give a taxpayer the ability to decide where their tax money goes I guarantee you not as much money would be going towards the military as it is now you know if you if you were a taxpayer and you were given a receipt for everything that the government spends your money on you know, I think a lot of people would be surprised how much is being spent on the military. And I think if you had the ability to vote where those tax dollars should go, less and less of that money would be going towards the military. So all of those things go back to what Eisenhower was warning of. And unfortunately, I really do feel, especially as time goes on, that it fell on deaf ears over time. And it's not just in particular to that generation of people, it's ongoing, even up to my generation and beyond, where this is just continuing to happen. Um, and, and it's like we're allowing it to happen uh, despite the fact that, forget about the welfare state that it creates, um, the danger that it creates for the world. Uh, you know, you look at what's going on now with North Korea, with Russia, with China, like, uh, now, you know, with what Trump's doing in Israel with Jerusalem, which we'll talk about, um, it's becoming more and more of a dangerous world when it really shouldn't be and doesn't have to be. If you look at what's going on with technology, if you look at how people are getting closer together, they're being better connected, um, you know, are there negative things going on in the world right now? Yes. Um, is there still racism going on in the world, in particular in the United States? Unfortunately, Yes, uh, we would all like to think that we're past that at this point in time, but for some reason there are still those that are they're of that mindset. Just like you know, th this war that America is fighting against, uh, you know, extremism, um, you know, and, and fighting, uh, you know, Islamic extremists. Uh, you know, there, there's there's something to that. But you've also got to understand that it's not a group, it's not a, a nation of people as much as it's an isolated pocket of extremists. Uh, just like you would never say that the American people are all racist, there's a group of people, specific group of people within the United States that are racist. 
um, you know, and, and unfortunately, sometimes those groups are the loudest groups out there, uh, whether you're talking about ISIS or the KKK or, you know, whatever the hell else they want to be known as uh, throughout the world. Um, you know, so there's a lot to think about with that, and that's why I played it, and that's why I, I've kind of articulated a little bit about it. Uh, but we'll move on because there's a lot more stuff to talk about, believe me. Uh, one of the things which I thought was interesting on a much lighter note uh, was this image that was tweeted by Brendan Wicks. Uh, this was a UFC fight, and this fighter's hands are actually covering the hands of Joe Rogan, or the hand of Joe Rogan, and Joe Rogan's hand is not small, uh, but it makes Joe Rogan's hand looks like, as he says, baby hand, uh, and it's pretty crazy. All right, so moving on a little bit, uh, Donald Trump uh, tweeted out on December 3rd, I never asked Comey to stop investigating Flynn, just more fake news covering another Comey lie. Um, so the last episode of the podcast was all about Donald Trump and how I believe he's in a lot of trouble. Um, and since then, he's had tweets like this, where in my opinion, uh, as I tweeted here, I said, you don't get to make up your own facts and rewrite history in a pathetic attempt to save face. Hashtag resign. Um, you know, we're going to be talking a little bit later about Al Franken resigning, uh, Conyers resigning. Um, you know, so these are men that were faced, forget about anything else going on with Trump, with Russia, collusion, anything else. Donald Trump is also accused of sexual harassment and abuse and yet there he is sitting as the president of the United States. You know, also on the Republican side of things, you've got Roy Moore, who's accused of being a pedophile. He is also still running for that Senate seat, which the election will be next Tuesday. Um, what the hell is going on? That's all I want to know in the world right now. Like, what the hell is going on um, with any of this? You know, like... The fact that he feels like he can even tweet this and insult the intelligence of anybody who's able to read, um, it's unfucking believable to me. Um, and it's unbelievable to me how the media just kind of let everything go. You know, uh, Donald Trump, uh, he's not having his feet held to the fire about what's been going on. If anything, ABC actually suspended without pay one of their reporters because he made a slight incorrect bit of information in his initial report, but it's still a pretty damning report against the President of the United States. Um, you know, it's unbelievable to me how weak the media has become. Uh, they, they've almost become totally pointless, totally pointless, whether you're talking about climate change holding assholes like this guy accountable for what they're doing. Like, they haven't been able to do a fucking thing. I was watching recently uh, Joe Rogan's podcast. He had on somebody from ABC News, uh, Dan Harris. And Dan Harris was saying that he felt like uh, the media had done such a poor job representing climate change because they made it a debate. They actually gave credence to some idiot they would have on a panel that was being paid off by a coal company saying, oh no, you know, humans aren't a part of climate change at all. Um, and then, he, you know, he, Dan was saying that he regrets that the media did that because they made it a debate. 
That's what they seem to do with everything. They seem to be doing that with Donald Trump as well, as if he's got some type of case for himself. He really doesn't. You know, if he had any bit of decency, he would resign rather than waste taxpayer dollars so that he can get impeached when it's all said and done. Um, and again, would he actually get impeached? I don't even I don't even have that much trust in the government. You know, you're talking about a government that's threatening to shut down. Um, and we'll get into that as well in the podcast. But it's unbelievable to me uh, how much you can't trust the media. You can't trust the government. Uh, the world has become, I don't know, words can't describe it. Disappointing, I guess, is, is the best word that I can come up with. Um, but here we go. Donald Trump again uh, tweets out, Report anti-Trump FBI agent-led Clinton email probe. Now it all starts to make sense. Does it, though? How the fuck does that make sense? Anti-Trump FBI agent led a Clinton email probe. That doesn't even make... Like, my opinion, what I tweeted on this, I said, maybe under your tinfoil hat, stop watching Fox and Friends, pal. It's messing with your head. There's people in padded rooms that make more sense than you. Um, and, and that's a fact. And, and not only that, but I'm going to show you guys a little bit later in the episode... Uh, there's a clip of Donald Trump speaking where he's slurring his words as if he just suffered a stroke. And that's the man that's the president of the United States. So forget about my claims of the guy being totally fucking insane. Just watch the clips of him talking. He literally can't talk. He's slurring his words. Um, and, and that's the guy that's the president of the United States right now. Uh, so he goes on and continues his bullshit rant. He goes, after years of Comey with the phony and dishonest Clinton investigation and more running the FBI, its reputation is in tatters, the worst in history, but fear not, we will bring it back to greatness. And I say to that, please don't. You run this country like you ran your companies into the ground. And what I mean by that is look at the amount of debt that this guy is going to continue to accumulate over time with his tax bill. The Republican Party, which is supposed to be fiscally conservative, is going to run the US into the ground trillions of dollars of debt with their new tax plan. And for what? Job creation? Let's see over the next 10 years how many jobs this actually creates versus how much companies just take for themselves. I'll give you an example, and you may not like it, but GE is going to be cutting a hell of a lot of jobs, I believe 12,000, so that they can save $1 billion. They're not exactly creating jobs when they have the money. They're literally firing people to get the money. So that strategy just does not work. And it's proven not to work. It's trickle-down economics, which failed under Reagan, and for some reason... There's enough idiots today that are voting going, oh, let's try it again. Uh, Donald Trump continues to tweet and says, after years of Comey with the phony and dishonest Clinton investigation and more running the FBI, its reputation is in tatters, worse than history, but fear not, we will bring it back to greatness. Uh, so again, same tweet, but I had another response to it. 
the only way the FBI's reputation will be in tatters will be if they can't collect enough evidence to have you impeached or face criminal charges, you traitor. And I mean that in every sense of the word. If you watched the last podcast, you know exactly what I mean. If you haven't watched the last podcast, stop what you're doing right now. Stop this podcast. Go back. Watch the last podcast. You'll know exactly what I mean. And you'll see exactly how serious this is. Uh, I think traitor is not a strong enough word for what Trump, uh, Pence, everybody in that administration has done against the United States, the UN, NATO, everything. Uh, I honestly really do feel like they should all be shot to death by the military. I really do. Um, you know, and if that means President uh, Paul Ryan, that means President Paul Ryan because Pence was as much a part of it as Trump. And what they did was beyond treason to me. Uh, I believe it's beyond a a sentence of jail time. I believe it's beyond uh, execution uh, in terms of like a a electric chair. I believe they should go old school, military style, line them up against the wall and shoot them all dead uh, for the cowards and traitors that they are, for what they've done to America, the UN, NATO, everything. Um, it's unforgivable, if you ask me. Um, and, and to that point, uh, when it comes to Donald Trump and everything else going on in the world these days, I tweeted out, the easiest person to fool is ourselves. Um, so, and I, especially in today's day and age, I believe that to be true. Uh, then there was an interesting quote uh, that I read, which I thought was interesting. It said, God is like a cosmic Saddam Hussein. In fact, he's worse. Where Saddam would torture his enemies while they were still alive, God tortures the people he doesn't like for all of eternity. So, you know, if you're familiar with this podcast, you're definitely familiar with my views on religion. Uh, I view myself to be agnostic. I'm not an atheist uh, because I kind of believe that they're just as bad as religious people in the sense that they are basically saying they know for sure there's not a God versus religious people that say they know for sure that there is a God. I'm somebody that's willing to say, I don't know and I don't really care if there is a God that's great, that's nice, but I believe in being a good person for the sake of being a good person. I don't think there should be a reward linked to being a good person. Like, oh, you know, if you're a good person, you get to go to heaven. I think that's ridiculous. Be a good person for the sake of being a good person. If there is a God and there is a heaven, great. If there's not, you know. Um, and, and to that point, I, I agree with this quote uh, because, again, if you believe in God and you believe in heaven and you believe in hell, then you believe that a lot of people, when they die, will go to hell because they're not good people. Um, what what type of God is that? Is someone who wants to torture people he doesn't like, essentially. Uh, you know, to me, I think that's a fair quote. It's going to get a lot of controversy, and it did back in the day, that quote, uh, for the person that said it. Uh, but I believe that there is definitely some truth to it. Uh, then, uh, more controversy, flat earthers. Uh, I tweeted out, uh, time zones and what time the sun is visible during different times of the day in different parts of the world must be a struggle for flat earthers to explain. 
Uh, it must also be a struggle for flat earthers to explain how if someone's in a plane and they're flying around the world, how if there's supposed to be an ice wall surrounding this flat earth, how come planes never veer around to get back or they don't go, just go straight through this ice wall? Um, it's honestly total insanity and I can't believe people even waste time debating or talking about flat earth. Uh, but for me, every so often, I just find it so entertaining because it is so ridiculous and so stupid, much like a lot of things in today's day and age, um, that I, I couldn't help myself with the tweet there when it came to that. Uh, but that also, another great quote that I found, uh, art requi requires rigor, science requires creativity. Most people think it's the other way around. I think it's both. I think that art requires both rigor and creativity, and science does as well. Um, but I, I thought that that was an interesting way to phrase it. Uh, again, going back a, a, to science and re versus religion, another great quote, uh, forget Jesus, the stars died so we could be born. I thought that that was pretty funny because of course, uh, if you're not familiar, uh, we're all made up of components of stars, uh, stars that have exploded over time. So, uh, you know, very true statement kind of funny. Uh, then I also tweeted out, uh, continuing that, that train of thought, uh, nothing can move faster than the speed of light through space was a lie. Space can do whatever the hell it wants, which explains how the universe is expanding faster than the speed of light. Uh, then I don't know if this ad will get us yanked off of YouTube. It probably will, so I'll edit it out if it does. I'm hoping it doesn't because I just found this ad to be pretty profound. Uh, there's a basically the theme of it is that we're all searching for the, uh, and I thought it was an interesting ad. Uh, I never play ads on the podcast, so I wanted to play this one, and we'll hope that it doesn't get yanked. This is the power of that three-letter word, the. Because this is no ordinary night sky. This is the night sky. Beneath it, we're not so much looking up as plunging down into its mind-boggling depths. We're all searching for thee. May we all meet thee one. Find thee way. And now and then, look up. of it. Uh, we're all searching for the, uh, so pretty cool ad. If this gets yanked off of YouTube, it's the Glenn Levitt ad, uh, specifically called The Night Sky. I thought it was a really interesting ad uh, that I wanted to share on the podcast. Uh, then there was this uh, tweeted out by Matthew from Botchamania uh, going to wrestling. Uh, this was actually showing Jeff Hardy before he became uh, Jeff Hardy that we know uh, from the Hardy Boys lifting up uh, King Mabel on his throne.
Uh, and then watching Monday Night Raw, I didn't really have too much to say about it. I found it to be a pretty boring episode. Uh, but sometimes continuity doesn't really work in wrestling these days. Uh, I thought uh, what happened with Kane and Braun Strowman, if you haven't been watching, you can skip this part if you don't watch wrestling, but Braun Strowman uh, was was uh, attacked by Kane a couple weeks ago. Uh, Kane had put a chair between the ground and Braun Strowman's neck and had him go into it, crushing his throat. Then Braun Strowman did the same thing to Kane a week or so ago. So I thought that it would have been a great opportunity for Kane to come back this week with like his old school voice box where he would be talking like this and he had the machine voice um, like he used to have. Um, so I thought it was a golden opportunity that they let slip away. Obviously that's me being silly, but in a way I actually think it could have been cool if they did that. Um, then Brian Redband tweeted out that Quentin Tarantino and J.J. Abrams are going to be teaming up for a Star Trek movie, uh, so that's going to be interesting. I agree with what Red Band said too. He said, yes, I don't even want this, but yes. Um, then it was interesting with the Olympics. We found out this week that uh, the Olympics will not feature Russia. Uh, Russia's been banned from the Olympics. Uh, individuals will be able to compete if they contest and, and they can prove that they're clean, they're not on drugs. Uh, they will be able to compete, but they will not be able to compete under the Russian flag. And if they win, uh, specifically if they win the gold, their anthem will not be played. They will be representing the Olympics, uh, so basically like the, the logo for the Olympics. Uh, it's an interesting situation, and it's interesting because, specifically for me as a hockey fan, uh, a lot of people were interested way, way back, and by way back, I mean just a few months ago, uh, whether or not the NHL was going to participate in the Olympics. And one of the most vocal people against what Bettman and the NHL wanted, which was not to be involved, was Alex Ovechkin. And it's interesting now, so I, I tweeted this, Gary Bettman to Alex Ovechkin now, quotes, do you still want to play in the Olympics, Ovi? Uh, and, and I thought that was, that was kind of funny because, you know, Ovechkin was so adamant that he wanted to play in the Olympics, but as it turns out, Russia is not even going to be involved in the Olympics. So even if he could play in the Olympics, he wouldn't be able to play in the Olympics because Russia is not going to be involved. Uh, so I thought that that was pretty funny. Uh, at the same time, though, when it comes to the Olympics, I do find that to be a bit of a downer. I understand that there was uh, a lot of athletes under the Russian flag that that were doping, but I, I think you definitely take away from the Olympics when a country, especially when you think about it, it's not just an Olympics, it's the Winter Olympics, something that Russia traditionally does extremely well in, and they feature, I would say probably the second most amount of athletes in the Olympics to the United States for different events. So when you take them out of the equation, it definitely waters down, in my opinion, the Olympics. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I just kind of feel like, you know, you're talking about the sport of hockey, you, you've taken away a really solid team from the competition, uh, and you look at other individual sports even, you know, you've really kind of watered things down. 
um, you know, in, in that respect, I think maybe there should even be an asterisk next to the people that are clean competing because they're not competing against a full field of competitors. Um, then I was tweeting out uh, from just a couple of days ago for SmackDown Live, there was people holding up broken and woken signs uh, for Matt Hardy, and I was saying, do they realize that they're at SmackDown? Because Matt Hardy's over on Raw. Um, but going to Matt Hardy, you know, I'm very interested to see what happens with this character now, because obviously the broken character was something that Matt Hardy did immensely well uh, in Impact Wrestling. Uh, and it seems like, from what I've heard online, uh, Vince McMahon is very much supportive of this new character, um, and he's interested to see how it goes because he knows, or he believes, and I think he's right, uh, that there can be a lot of money in this character. So I, I just kind of hope that Vince and the WWE give Matt Hardy that chance uh, to show what this character can do, and that they give him as big a push as he can get. And to me, the biggest push that he could get would be to become the Universal or World Heavyweight Champion. Um, and I know a lot of people might laugh at that, but go back and watch what he did on Impact Wrestling with that character, and you probably won't be laughing because it is so entertaining um, what he does with this character. Um, and even in that clip, and it seemed like it was a pre-taped clip on Raw, it was probably the loudest reaction of the whole night uh, with what Matt Hardy was doing with Bray Wyatt. So. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with it, uh, but I, I'm really, really excited to see what happens because I think that if they do it the right way, uh, it will make Matt Hardy one of, if not the top stars uh, in the whole WWE. And, and any time that you can lift somebody into that realm, I think it makes the whole company better. So I'm very interested to see what happens with that. I hope they don't mess it up, um, but we'll see. Uh, then WWE Creative Humor tweeted out because they were showing John Cena uh, starring on the Today Show. Uh, WWE Creative Humor said, Oh, great. Now the Today Show is going to steal John Cena. He's good on TV, personable, and he doesn't have a rape button. So there's a shot against Matt Lauer there. Uh, and then, uh, truly sad to see what's going on in California and near LA. Uh, these images, uh, these clips, if you haven't seen it, I'm sure you have, uh, it looks, it doesn't look real. It, you know, it, it's so horrific that it just doesn't look real. It looks like something that you'd see in like a, a science fiction movie or, you know, like a, a version of hell. Uh, it, 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 it's, it looks so unbelievable, but unfortunately it is real and a lot of people are being impacted by it. Uh, and it's, you know, it's just unbelievable imagery to see that. And you hope that as many people as possible can be safe and, and can avoid, uh, you know, any harm there. Um, and Red Band tweeted out, well, LA, it's been nice knowing you, uh, but seriously, it, it is crazy there. Uh, then there was an interesting tweet from Uberfax uh, that I t retweeted uh, talking about how, and I, I never really thought about this, but when you go to bed, uh, or at least when I go to bed, I'm sure it's the same for you guys as well, uh, a lot of times before you go to bed, uh, your biological clock will stimulate thirst in the hours before bedtime to prevent dehydration during sleep. So basically before bed, 
you crave drinking something. Uh, now we know why. Uh, I just found that to be pretty interesting. Uh, then Shannon Watts tweeted out, uh, well first I should say Time tweeted out, uh, the silence breakers are Time's person of the year. Uh, Shannon Watts tweeted out, Donald Trump made it into Time's person of the year issue after all as one of the accused. Um, and I think that that's exactly right. Uh, if you think about it, going all the way back, I believe it was Trump getting elected that really led to this movement more than anything else. Uh, because women became, and rightfully so, so pissed off about everything that this administration has been doing. Number one, who's the face of the administration? Uh, number two, uh, what, what the Department of Justice and just everything with this administration has been trying to do when it comes to women's rights, or when it comes to a, abortion. Um, it just, it, you, you feel in a lot of ways like you're going backwards uh, with this administration. And women in every way, and, and, and they have, in my opinion, every right to be, uh, not that they need my opinion for that, uh, but in my opinion though, nevertheless, uh, for what it's worth, uh, they have every right to be pissed off about what's going on under this administration. Number one, because of the guy who's in office, uh, what he's been accused of. Uh, you know, I think anybody else with a conscience would resign, but then again, anybody with a conscience probably wouldn't have done what he did, uh, or what he's being accused of, if you're a Republican and you want to cover him. Um, you know, but it's, it's led to this movement of the silence breakers, as Time's calling it, uh, where women are coming out uh, and they're voicing their concerns and their, you know, of, of what's going on. Uh, in a lot of in a lot of areas, you know, you look at entertainment, you look at in politics, uh, you look at just in general in, in the workplace, you're seeing the sexual harassment just continuing, uh, and it, it's 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 crazy and it's never ending and it's gotten to the point where you wonder like tomorrow, who are you going to hear about next that's involved in in that type of creepy crazy behavior? Um, it seems like it's never ending unfortunately. Uh, so I, I do agree with, with Time's decision there uh, for, for Person of the Year because I, I think, especially towards the end of this year, that that has definitely become the story. Um, fortunately and unfortunately. Fortunately because it's, it's brought to the light that this is a major issue. Unfortunately because you think about those women and what they've had to endure, uh, it, it's tragic. Uh, and at the same time, you know, there's some women's stories that, uh, you know, are absolutely heartbreaking. And then there's others where you, you, you raise an eyebrow. And I'm not saying that to, to, to belittle the women that actually do have um, serious accusations and have every right to come out. Uh, I, I'm saying it for, in particular, a very specific case that I found out about this week in the Canadian Parliament where there was a conservative MP who took a picture with a liberal MP uh, woman and I believe also an NDP MP. I might be wrong about that. I might have also been a liberal MP. I'm not altogether sure. But it was three of them and they were taking a picture and the conservative MP made a joke before they snapped the picture saying, oh, you know, I've never been a part of a threesome before. And that was it. That's all he said. It was his very lame joke, to be honest. 
uh, but it was just a joke and it was nothing more than that and this woman was so offended by it she made made it known publicly in the house of commons she continued to complain about it and it really got to the point actually where it's, i feel like it almost backfired against her where people like myself although i wasn't vocal about it uh, until now on this podcast were were saying to her like get over it like it's really not you're you're equating what happened to you with real like real uh, accusations of sexual harassment harassment or possibly worse even rape um, with a very lame joke that I think most people would get over like that because uh, it was such a stupid joke uh, from what I've heard about the situation it doesn't seem like there was any type of physical contact or anything beyond that it was just a very lame joke um, so you know on the one hand I appreciate this movement uh, because it is shedding to light uh, you know a part of our society that I think needs to have that light shown on it um, but at the same time I think that there's other women who are, are using this as a chance to magnify really really minor shit that is not even close to being the type of sexual harassment or abuse or worse rape uh, that other women have had to endure and I think that takes away from the women that actually have had to endure that type of shit uh, you know and, and I, I think it's not fair to them and I actually even go back to a previous podcast that I did where there was a woman that tweeted uh, she had an insane tweet I can't even remember her name and I, I for a reason like I I don't want to mention that woman's name because it, what she tweeted was so uh, preposterous to me she was saying that if there's an innocent man that's accused of sexual harassment, that that's okay, all in the name of this movement. And that is... I, I still can't understand how somebody can say that. Uh, and it's interesting because that woman actually deleted that tweet, and rightfully so, because what she said there was totally insane. Uh, to say that an innocent man, it's worth it for him to lose his job and his life and, and everything... Uh, for the sake of this movement. It's not. That's that's total bullshit. Now, if he was actually guilty of any type of sexual harassment or abuse or anything that was unwanted by uh, his female counterpart, uh, then yeah, that's a different story. Uh, altogether, it's a different story. You, you could be looking at criminal charges. Uh, you could be looking at lawsuits. You could be looking at a variety of things, uh, n losing his job, etc. Um, but I don't know, there, there's parts of this that trouble me uh, because you look at certain things in society on the far left side of things. And again, you know, I usually am I'm a moderate guy that kind of goes a little bit to the left on most things, but I, I know enough where I can kind of see where Republicans and conservatives and moderates like myself get pissed off at really extreme far-left liberals because it's the same group that, um, you know, is telling us to use the correct gender pronoun or else you face a lawsuit. Uh, and, and when you're talking about the correct gender pronoun, you're talking about a very select few percentage of the population. Um, you're talking about transgender people 
uh, you're talking about very extreme situations um, you know so this to me can get that extreme if you're talking about women that have that mindset that oh you know even accusing innocent men is okay all in the name of this movement or women that take something as innocent as that oh you know, I've never been a part of a threesome before uh, in that picture opportunity as such a vile statement um, it's a stupid joke like you know if we as a society can't discern the difference between those things there's no physical contact there's nothing beyond as far as I know what that MP said uh, I, I, that's the part that makes me worry that's the part that really has me worried about where this could go because it's a good cause for the right reasons but if the wrong people take advantage of it just like anything else uh, it, it, it takes away from the overall good of it um, which is what I hope doesn't happen but I'm starting to see it uh, then uh, Kara Santa Maria tweeted out uh, three psychology researchers have taken it upon themselves to solve the nationwide problem of partisan gerrymandering <coughs> excuse me gerrymandering using a computer algorithm unbiased algorithm so interesting article there that she tweeted I highly recommend everybody reads it uh, gerrymandering if you're not altogether sure what that means uh, basically the people that are in control of the state usually the governor and the state senate will sit down and they'll draw lines for voting districts based on what favors their party uh, so it's totally biased and it, it serves political gain for them and it's one of the most disgusting things in politics amongst many other things uh, so this is an interesting idea having a computer solve uh, and make bipartisan uh, gerrymandering if you still want to call it that basically districting uh, at that point because it's, it's not really gerrymandering you're, you're creating borders for voting uh, that makes sense that's you know more bipartisan where uh, you know you'll get more fair results and I think that's what people want to see <clears throat> then Brian Redband tweeted out and this is what I was talking about earlier uh, did Donald Trump have a stroke recently this is crazy uh, so definitely check it out uh, at Brian Redband he tweeted this out December 6th I can't play this clip because it's a c-span clip uh, but if you're interested I highly recommend you check it out uh, he actually did slur his words. This is a, a clip from C-SPAN, so it's not edited. Uh, he could not say the United States. He, I believe he said the United States. Uh, and there, there was even other words that he said before that which were slurred. Uh, and keep in mind, uh, Donald Trump is a guy who most people would say in public uh, that he does not drink. Uh, so if that is the case, he cannot claim to have been drunk when he gave that speech. Uh, which would lead me to believe that there's something more serious going on with his uh, his uh, health. And rightfully so with what's going on. Uh, then, this is hilarious, uh, because as I was saying, I've been doing a lot of interviews lately. One of them was actually for the company I'm about to mention, and I tweeted this before I did the interview, which is hilarious because nowadays uh, companies are supposed to supposedly uh, look at everybody's social media and kind of creep on everybody. I don't even know how that's legal uh, But creep on everybody uh, Before they even do interviews So I found that hilarious because I did do the, this interview with Starbucks today I've got absolutely nothing against Starbucks Starbucks and this joke is benign to say the least 
Uh, in fact, I think most people that work for Starbucks would probably laugh at this tweet, hopefully, because that's the goal. Uh, but I was saying that when I walk into Starbucks, you can barely hear the Nora Jones album over the sound of people's eyes rolling. So really, it's a joke more about myself than it is about Starbucks. But if you've ever been to a Starbucks, you're probably you're still laughing at that tweet because uh, you know they play Nora Jones uh, and music like that. So I thought it was funny. Uh, then another thing that I, I had to tweet about uh, was about the Rogers wanting to sell the Blue Jays. Uh, that has me extremely worried about the future of this team, not just long term, but especially short term, because I wonder how much money Rogers is willing to put into the team now. Uh, I believe that they've damaged the stability of this franchise now because free agents and their agents will be asking the Blue Jays point blank what exactly is going on with your franchise right now uh you've you've probably limited even more the number of free agents that will actually come to toronto because of this and for what you're probably not going to be able to sell this team uh because number one major league baseball probably won't let you sell it to another publicly traded company you'll have to sell it to a private owner and good luck doing that because if you want to sell them for 1.6 billion dollars which is what they're estimated to be worth by Forbes, there's only about four or five total Canadians that have that much net worth. Uh, one of them is Daryl Katz, who also owns the Edmonton Oilers. So I was saying that here's hoping that someone like Daryl Katz buys the team, and very soon, because until that, I really wonder what's going to happen with this team, because it's now kind of in no man's land. Uh, it's clear that Rogers doesn't want to have them as part of their uh, costs. Uh, they love the content. They love being able to air Blue Jays games on TV. They love the ratings. They love the advertising money from it. Uh, but they would like to wash their hands of, of having to pay for the Blue Jays. And uh, that's never a good thing. I, I don't care what anybody says. It I, It's funny. You know, I'm a huge fan of Tim and Sid, but you know, Tim and Sid, they're, they're on Sportsnet, which is owned by Rogers, and they joke about that a lot of times. And, and therefore, you have to take what they say on Sportsnet with a grain of salt uh, because they're owned by Rogers. So they're gonna say, the, they're gonna tote the company line. Um, my opinion though, I, I, I really worry for the, the future for the Blue Jays because this is not a good situation. Uh, you know uh, I also tweeted it'll be interesting to see what happens for the next few years between Roger Goodell and Jerry Jones Jerry Jones was opposed to Goodell getting an extension he got the extension his extension is going to be based on performance there's a lot of uh, bonus attached to his, his pay but he has been extended uh, much to the chagrin of Jerry Jones but you know we'll see what happens with that Uh, then there was this awesome clip. I don't know if it's going to play. Probably not. Uh, but you can check it out. Hold my beer on Twitter. <coughs> Actually, it will play, so that's good. I think my cough got it to play. Um, so they're playing musical chairs. Hold my beer while I grab that last musical chair. And all hell broke loose, as you just saw. Uh, then Greg Fitzsimmons had a great uh, quote that I had to share on this on this podcast. He said, "They say that girls after their period stop growing and stop being pleasant." <laughs> so 
so I know I'm gonna get into a lot of shit for even saying that quote, but I thought it was funny. Uh, Mark Feinsand uh, tweeted out that the Mariners are finalizing a trade with the Twins tonight to acquire more international bonus pool money. So this is essentially to help the Mariners get Otani. Uh, the Angels did the same thing. Uh, then, again, me being silly, I, I tweeted out, How do scientists know that cum tastes better after drinking orange juice? How many dicks were they sucking on with lab coats on? <laughs> Uh, then Joe Rogan tweeted out, uh, the oldest monster black hole ever found is 800 million times more massive than the sun. Uh, so really interesting article. Definitely check it out from space.com. Uh, then Machine Picks tweeted out this really interesting clip of a machine that's removing unripe tomatoes with an optical sorter. Uh, so I definitely wanted to play this if it will play. Uh, but it doesn't look like it will, so definitely check it out, twitter.com slash thejohndnewton, it's right there. Uh, then Fox News tweeted out that a U.S. trip to the Olympics is uncertain amid the, amid the North Korea threat, is what Nikki Haley was saying. Uh, I've since seen some stuff online saying that that's an exaggeration, but we'll see what happens with that. It is interesting any time that the U.S. says that they don't want to participate in the Olympics, especially with what's going on with Russia now. Um, I find that extremely fascinating. Uh, so I can't play this clip because it will definitely get us yanked off of YouTube, but I highly recommend checking out uh, Seth Meyers' latest YouTube video, What Donald Trump Really Means When He Talks About, uh, I believe, Roy Moore. I'm not sure exactly what the rest of the title is, but if, if you search that part of it, you'll, you'll definitely see it. It is hilarious. I was laughing out loud definitely worth viewing. Uh, then I wanted to give everybody an update on this podcast and, and a sincere thank you to everybody who listens and watches and supports this podcast and this YouTube channel in particular. Uh, so our, our goals on YouTube are to get to 10,000 views. Uh, we're actually up to over 6,007 as I started this podcast. Uh, 6,001 back when I did the tweet. Uh, if we can get to 10,000, we'll actually be able to show ads on this video. Now, I know that might be a downer to you guys uh, because you'll have to sit through those ads, but uh, what that will do for this podcast is it will really explode the possibilities. So it will give us the opportunity to advertise from the money that we get from those ads. It'll give us the opportunity to advertise our podcasts on Facebook and Twitter, which will help grow this audience to make it even bigger. Uh, the more money that we can make the more things we can do so we have plans to make t-shirts uh t-shirts that you guys will be able to buy uh and i think you guys are gonna love those t-shirts we're, we're gonna i'm gonna be displaying them for sure on the, on the podcast uh you know our goal ultimately though is to get enough money so that we can get a proper studio kind of you know spice things up a little bit uh, have guests on the show uh, kind of change the format of the show completely to being more of a traditional podcast, but still very different. Uh, and also uh, to make other podcasts, so have other characters involved, have their own podcasts, uh, continue to grow the YouTube channel. In a, in a sense, basically a combination of what Joe Rogan does with his podcasts, but also what Kevin Pereira does with uh, gaming, with his friends podcasts uh, all of that kind of combined into one is really our goal 
so you know you guys are a huge part of making that happen we're already 60% of the way there to a starting point basically of where we want to be uh, and again like this is something that we've just started at the end of August early September so the fact that in just a few months time we've already gotten to over 6,000 views is incredible and I want to sincerely thank all of you guys watching on YouTube everybody listening on uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, iTunes uh, everybody's support on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, it's, it's been phenomenal and I know it's going to continue because you guys are, are very loyal uh, to the show and I appreciate that, um, but it's incredible. Uh, when you just stop and you look back at just a really short period of time, how, how much success we've had already, it's incredible and credit goes to you guys more than anything else. Um, but also in terms of subscribers on YouTube, first of all, if you're watching this clip and you haven't subscribed, please do. Uh, it, 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 it would help us out significantly. It will help you out because you don't have to search wildly to find our podcast. You'll be able to see it as soon as it's uploaded. Um, and, you know, again, when we get to the studio, we, we're definitely planning to go just live with our podcast. So forget about edited podcasts that get uploaded. You'll be able to see, you know, bare bones, raw, live podcasts uh, the way that they should be in my opinion uh, so you know if you want to be a part of that definitely subscribe if you haven't already if you are subscribed thank you so much uh, if you're listening to this podcast definitely check us out on our YouTube channel you'll see the links attached uh, you know it's it's worth checking out it's worth the subscription uh, it's not just about the podcast if you're subscribed to the channel you already know uh, there's there's so much more to this channel uh, you know, we, we're talking about uh, different types of video games that we just show throughout every day. Uh, just incredible video games. And again, even your feedback. You know, if there's a game that you would love to see us play that we're not playing, you know, we'll, we'll take that into consideration. We'll, we'll definitely see if we can hook you up with that so you could enjoy watching us play those games. Um, so, you know, right now we're currently sitting, I believe, at 47 subscribers, which sounds small, but I, I know when it comes to creating a brand new YouTube channel that it takes time to build that up. I'm thankful for each and every one of those 47, uh, and, and I look forward to seeing if, if we can make that grow even bigger. Our goal when it comes to subscribers, at least in the short term, is to try to get it up to 100. If we can get up to 100 subscribers, we'll actually be able to name this YouTube channel in the link which will make it easier for people to get to. Also, it'll make us easy, it e also it'll make it easier for us to advertise this YouTube channel. Uh, so all of this is going in a certain direction. Everything is positive. Um, and and I, again, I wanna thank everybody for being a part of it because you're helping make this thing get bigger and better every single day. Every single view, every single like, share, subscription, Everything is helping build this podcast and this YouTube channel, making it bigger and better. And it's all because of you guys, and I can't thank you enough for that. Um, so yeah, so again, you know, thank you uh, so much for the, all the awesome continued support. Uh, again, you know, just 20 days ago, to give you an idea on how quickly this thing is moving, just 20 days ago, instead of 6,000 views, we only had 5,000. So in just 20 days, we got 1,000 views. Um, and back then we only had 42 subscriptions we now have 47 so we've gained five subscribers in just 20 days that's a pretty big deal considering YouTube sometimes can be slow for subscriptions uh, so again you know keep liking keep sharing keep subscribing 
I love all of you guys that are watching and listening. Uh, and, you know, again, thank you is, is all I can say. Uh, then, on a totally different note, Al Franken today announced that he's resigning amid sexual misconduct allegations. Uh, so my take on this, uh, and very sincere take on this, is with Conyers and Franken out, it's time for the Republicans to get real and push more out, push Trump out, right? Because the Republicans had, in my opinion, a very solid argument when they were saying, well, you know, the Democrats can't complain about more because they've got Franken and they've got Conyers. Well, guess what? Franken and Conyers are gone now. They forced them to resign. Can you say the same about Donald Trump and Roy Moore? Uh, then Timmonson tweeted this, and I get, I've, have slammed Frederick Anderson so hard on this podcast, I have to give him credit, especially after that game against the Flames, because the Leafs got two points because of Frederick Anderson. Uh, Frederick Anderson, the last 12 games, has a record of nine wins, two losses, and one tie. A goals against average of 1.79, uh, 9.49 save percentage, and two shutouts. Uh, so he definitely deserves my apology and my kudos because he has he's turned around. And specifically, I was watching that game, <clears throat> and he was on point. Uh, he was not doing his usual overreactions to things. Uh, he he was very much square to the puck. He 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 was great. You know, and if he can keep that up, I think the Leafs are a dangerous team, so hopefully he can, as a Leafs fan. Uh, so Shams tweeted out, very interesting deal today in the NBA. Uh, kind of flew under the radar because of everything going on in baseball, but uh, the Philadelphia 76ers sent Jalil Okafor uh, to Brooklyn uh, in return for Trevor Booker, but it was more than that. <clears throat> Brooklyn will receive the Knicks... 2019 second round pick in the deal and release Sean Kilpatrick to create space for Okafor and Stoskis as well. So Nick Stoskis is also going to Brooklyn. Uh, I think that's an interesting trade for both teams. I'm interested to see, as I think everybody is, can Brooklyn turn Okafor around? Can Okafor be the type of player that people thought he would be when he was selected in the lottery draft uh, range? Uh, so, you know, we'll see what happens. Interesting move for Brooklyn and Philadelphia. Uh, I, I'm interested to see what happens. We'll see what happens, you know. Another interesting trade, and this is what I mean baseball took over, uh, the Mariners acquired D. Gordon from the Marlins, and apparently instead of playing him at second base because they've got a little-known guy named Robinson Cano playing there, D. Gordon's going to be playing in center field, at least for now. Uh, the real reason for the trade, though, apparently... Uh, was so that they could get additional money uh, to be able to get Otani. So more international money from the Marlins going to the Mariners in their efforts to try and get Otani. Uh, continued big news in sports. Uh, the NHL has accepted the application uh, from Seattle to expand looking at the year 2020. Uh, so the league has agreed and will allow a season ticket drive. But Bettman says this is not a guarantee of a team. I call bullshit on that. Uh, the last time the NHL did a season ticket drive, they did it for the Las Vegas Golden Knights, and they are now 
the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Same thing happened in Winnipeg before the Jets got moved there from Atlanta. Uh, you know, this is usually the first step before you have a big announcement. Uh, and I couldn't be happier because Seattle, to me, is one of those markets that deserves a hockey team. Uh, they're in a great part of, the, of North America that has, I believe, a very solid group of fans, sports fans in general, but certainly hockey fans as well. Uh, you know, the question, what do you name the team? Uh, Seattle Seals would be interesting. California Golden Seals back in the day, but maybe you could, you know, you could say Seattle Seals for the alliteration. Uh, Seattle Totems would be very cool. I think you could have some really interesting logos and, and jerseys with a, with a name like that. Uh, Met Metropolitans is going out, but I don't know. I'm not really into that. You know, like New York Mets type. I, I think totems would be cool or seals or, or you know something like that uh, you know uh, Seattle though very deserving of a team I'm so excited to see uh, what uh, Lewicki has been able to do there um, Jerry Bruckheimer as well involved uh, getting uh, I believe it's called the Key Arena uh, renovated so that they can bring this team to into Seattle uh, and, and hopefully uh, bring back an NBA team or, or an expansion NBA team to, back to Seattle. Uh, as a kid, uh, the Seattle Supersonics were one of my favorite teams to watch. You know, I go back and think about Gary Payton. Uh, you know, I, I think about Sean Kemp. Uh, just unbelievable basketball being played in Seattle. Uh, you know, and, and I, I think people forget. Uh, you know, Kevin Durant was drafted to Seattle before they got moved to Oklahoma City. Uh, so the, the Thunder, as much success as they've had, that could have been Seattle's success. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't. But, uh, you know, I, I'm happy to see this because I think Seattle's a great city. I've never been there personally, but just from what I've seen and heard of it, uh, you know, and I, I, I think it's great for hockey. I think it's great for the NHL. Um, and I think it's about time. Uh, and I, I think Jerry Bruckheimer and Lewicki being involved, I don't think you could ask for better people to, to start a team there. Um, so yeah, I think all the way around, I don't see any negatives with it. I, I think that you know it allows the NHL to become an, uh, an even number 32. Uh, you think about a 32-team league, I think you think about the NFL. So I think it's great for the NHL every way around. Um, I know the NHL is also thinking of going to Houston. Uh, I, I think it would be interesting if the NHL decided to move the Coyotes to Houston. Uh, in my opinion, I don't know if Houston could be a great hockey market, but I understand the NHL is interested in going there because there's such a large market uh, in terms of TV. So, you know, if things aren't working out in Phoenix, why not see if it works out in Houston with the same franchise? Um, you know, I, I would love to see a team go to Quebec City, the Nordiques again, but that would make it a 33-team league, and I don't know what city would be number 34 to even it out. I, I just, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, you know, and and then you've got what's going on in Calgary right now. Uh, you know, hopefully they can stay there, but you know, who knows. Um, so a lot of interesting stuff going on in the NHL, but I was really happy to see this going on with Seattle. 
uh, I just think that it's, it's great for the city, great for the NHL, and hopefully the NBA will, will catch wind of it as well. Uh, then, The Hill tweeted out breaking news, the Senate passes a two-week stopgap bill to avoid a shutdown one day before the deadline, and I responded by saying, for two weeks? How fucking useless is that? They should flip all of these ass clowns out of Congress. They can't even do the simplest thing about their job, which is spending your money, the taxpayers' money. Uh, And I say, I guarantee you if congressmen weren't being paid during government shutdowns, that we'd never hear about them again. That's right. If the government decides to shut things down, and by government I mean Congress, they still get paid. Each senator, each congressman and congresswoman, they get paid. The aides don't, but the people in Congress do as the government shut down. I think that that's ridiculous. I think if the government shuts down, so should their pay. Uh, You could argue that they're a waste of money anyways these days. Uh, but we're going to end uh, with this poll showing that 84% of Democrats disapprove of the Republican tax plan. Uh, 53% total of the population uh, disagrees with the Republican tax plan. 52% of independents disagree with the Republican tax plan. And only 13% of Republicans disagree with, with the Republican tax plan. Um, again... Uh, we'll finish the podcast like we started off. I, I don't I, I don't know what people's views are of their own economic situation, but I start to wonder if they're just delusional um, because they're not this is this bill does not represent their economic interests. They're not part of the one percent. If you're listening to this podcast right now, if you're watching, you're not part of the one percent. I can guarantee you that. And if you are, You can send a little bit my way. Uh, But other than that, thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. If you haven't yet subscribed, please do so that you you don't miss out on the next podcast. And we will see you guys in the next episode.